Welcome in, everybody. It is a Tuesday edition. Mike Steely here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. we got Parker on location in uh, Omaha, and we'll get to him in one second. want to thank Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. Here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, Steelman and Thune at noon with Connor Pasby running the show for us. And, Parker, you are on location today. Double Zero Pizzeria. Sounds good. That it is, Mike. Uh, Dan and Chaz opened this place in October of 2020, so they've been open almost two years here on the west side of Omaha, out near Elkhorn. And uh, got the chance to meet Chaz earlier. He is a big Sooner fan from the 918, originally from Jenks, and they make some fantastic pizza out here at Double Zero. They specialize in craft pizzas with high-quality ingredients and unique pizzas. I'll tell you what, we were under the impression that the place was called Double Zero because that was the last time Oklahoma won a national championship in 2000. Turns out it's actually because they use Italian Double Zero flour, which is as fine as it gets, apparently. I am by no means a connoisseur of fine flowers. But Travis Davidson is here by my side nodding his head to indicate that yes that is a valid statement double zero flower is top of the line and everything is top of the line out here at double zero they brought us a selection of five different pizzas so we've been sampling one by one and i'll tell you what this is some of the best pizza i've had in the greater omaha area mike so uh if you are a sooner fan in omaha right now for the college world series that is where we are double zero pizzeria on 204th and pacific come on out Sounds like a plan. Sounds really good. And I think uh, more Sooner fans are flocking to Omaha to see this team play. Next up for Oklahoma, a game tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock, against the winner of the elimination game today between Texas A&M and Notre Dame. That is a 1 o'clock start on ESPN today. The night game is another elimination matchup. Arkansas and Auburn in the evening contest there in Omaha. Auburn eliminated Stanford uh, 6-2. to two. Ole Miss is in the uh, catbird seat in the other side of the bracket, like Oklahoma is in their side of the bracket. Ole Miss beating the Razorbacks by a final of 13-5 to five, uh, last night in the double elimination round. So the Sooners are in good shape. Ole Miss was well thought of to start the season. The Rebels were expected to have a better season. They barely were able to sneak in uh, to the tournament field, just barely got in. The Sooners, of course, have been playing great baseball for a while. They won their last five series, won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they go to Gainesville and win that regional. They go to Blacksburg and win that regional. They start out 2-0. They're rolling right now. Obviously, it looks like, uh, you know, right now the favorites are, I saw the latest odds, Ole Miss a little bit uh, – better favorite in terms of odds than Oklahoma, but the Sooners are a real close second. And those two teams right now, Parker, again, they appear to be on a collision course. They're not there yet, but they're, uh, they've kind of got it on cruise control a little bit right now in terms of meeting in the final with some work to be done, obviously. Yeah, there's some work to be done, Mike, but I think the encouragement right now, if you're a Sooner fan is that, well, you're one of two teams in this college world series field that start off 2-0, and that has given you some leeway and some breathing room, regardless of who emerges from the consolation side of the bracket between Notre Dame and Texas A&M to challenge Oklahoma for that spot in the final series. You only got to win once if you're the Sooners right now, and you got to get beat twice by either the Irish or the Aggies, and I can't imagine any team in this field would like their odds of beating Oklahoma twice in a row the way that these Sooners are playing baseball right now. Moreover, 
take this into consideration, Mike. Tomorrow night, we don't know who's the, who the starting pitcher is going to be for Oklahoma, but I would figure, especially if it is Notre Dame, uh, the Sooners probably roll with David Sandlin at least to start, and he'll mm-hmm. be naturally on a very short leash, especially after he was kind of tagged by the Aggies on Friday afternoon in a relief effort. But if Sandlin can get you through to the championship series, if you can come oh, out with a win on Wednesday up. with some combination of Sandlin, Chaz Martinez, and the back end of that Sooner bullpen, guess what? You roll into the weekend with Jake Bennett penciled in as your starter on Saturday and Cade Horton penciled in as your starter on Sunday. There's a very good chance you sweep the championship series in that case because both those guys are pitching very well as of late. Yeah, if, if Sandlin is the guy, and a lot of people think that David Sandlin, uh, the right-hander from Owasso, will be the guy for Oklahoma in this matchup coming up tomorrow afternoon, uh, and if they get a good outing from him and uh, they can set up that situation for the championship series, then Oklahoma's going to be really hard to beat. Uh, we are also looking at the Air Comfort Solutions text line always. I was laugh. Plank was battling the text line today a little bit. I always love hearing that because I know what it can be like, man. Sometimes you jump into a topic somebody doesn't want to hear about two minutes later. I'm out of here or whatever. But I guess some guy was wanting to talk about geopolitics, geopolitical uh, situations in the Middle East and how it relates to sports. It was... Uh, it was just good. Anyway, do you guys feel good about Oklahoma starting Sandlin? Uh, you know, what do you think, Parker? I mean, he's got potential. He's got good stuff. There's no doubt about that. But the question is the inconsistency. Uh, and, again, kind of the memory of that matchup again when he was in. He was hit hard by Texas A&M. You know, can you overcome the memories of what happened in that matchup and focus in and lock in and come in and give the Sooners a good uh, effort if, indeed, he will be the starter? How do you feel about him starting? It seems like maybe a little bit of a roll of the dice, but, again, you're trying to set up that perfect situation you're talking about, and if Salem comes through and pitches well, then OU's really, really in a great spot. They're already in a really good spot, but they would be in a great spot. Well, yeah, and I think the question – Really, uh, with regard to Sandlin as your potential starter for Wednesday evening or Wednesday afternoon, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Mike. I think the bigger question is how good does he realistically need to be? Because the way that the Sooners are swinging the bats, he may able to he may be able to afford to give up four or five runs and still put the Sooners in fine position to win. The way that the offense is trending over the course of this postseason run for Oklahoma, so. Does Sandlin need to be at his absolute best in order to pitch you to the championship series? Probably not. He just needs to be decent. If you can get a decent outing out of Sandlin, the way that the Sooners have swung the bats and the way that they've been able to manufacture runs, look no further than six runs on Sunday night against Notre Dame despite only two extra base hits. If you can get that kind of offensive production on Wednesday afternoon, Sandlin doesn't have to be elite. He doesn't have to give you distance. He doesn't have to give you shutdown stuff. He just has to give you enough. And I think that's a reasonable ask from the guy that has been Oklahoma's number two starter, their Saturday starter, for the vast majority of this season. It's really comforting, Mike, when you know that you can walk into an environment like this in the College World Series and you are one game away from advancing to the best of three championship series and you don't have to have 
a shutdown outing from your starting pitcher. You know that the bats are going to pick him up. You know that your team's going to put some runs on the board. And you know that he's not going to have to put up six or seven zeros on the board in order to put you in position to win a baseball game. Yeah, and uh, Skip Johnson said again uh, the other day that Oklahoma is going to be continuing uh, to be aggressive on the Bates Pass. They've done that all year long. That's been Oklahoma's approach is to create some chaos. And, you know, if, if they're going to be, you know, like like the inning where they had the two outs at third base, one of those took a perfect executed relay by Notre Dame. Uh, but they're going to continue to put pressure on people, and and I like that approach. Go, you keep going with what you have right now, particularly when you're playing this well. Oklahoma is on an absolute heater right now. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. Do you think the fact the Sooners will have had two days off uh, could be any kind of an issue? Because look, they went to Gainesville. They won that regional. Obviously, you have a lot of time off between Gainesville and going to Blacksburg and beating a red hot Virginia Tech team on the road, but. I, I would get the feeling if I'm Oklahoma right now, you're playing so well, you'd almost want to be playing every single day. But you also have the benefit of getting a couple days rest, and that's great for your pitching staff. Exactly. And I think when you look at whoever the Sooners' opponent is going to be, whether that's Notre Dame or Texas A&M, that is going to be a team that is starting to get stretched to its limit in terms of the bullpen and the pitching staff as a whole. They will have had to use several of their more high-leverage guys in order to get to that situation and stretch it to the point where uh, they're taking on Oklahoma for a spot in the championship series. So just to get to tomorrow's game, either or, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, they're going to have to use quite a few pitchers, and they're going to have to use their best pitchers. Oklahoma's in a situation where they literally have all hands on deck going into tomorrow's game. Jake Bennett is maybe the one guy, well, okay, Kate, Kate Horton as well. Kate Horton is the one guy that's unavailable. But outside of that, every single arm is available with the possible exception of Jake Bennett if you're trying to save him for a potential Thursday game or a game one start in the championship series on Saturday. The Sooners are going to be full tilt across the pitching staff or as close to full tilt as possible. And... Even in the absence of Brett Squires, who's going to rip, miss the remainder of this series with that broken hand that he suffered in Friday's game against Texas A&M, uh, you've gotten contributions from Sebastian Orduño and from Horton with the bat in Squires' absence. So this team is legitimately firing on all cylinders right now. And the question at this point is merely, how can this go wrong? Because there's really no plausible scenario barring utter collapse by the pitching staff or the offense, uh, that the Sooners don't win at least one of these next two games in order to advance the championship series. You're feeling really, really good about this team's odds based on the way that things have unfolded over the first few days of action here in Omaha, not just with regard to what the Sooners have been able to do, but with regard to the way that the rest of the dominoes have fallen across the field. No, it's it's basically like Oklahoma's a lap up in the race on uh, and in Notre Dame, and it's going to take uh, you know uh, me making another NASCAR analogy since I'm the guy who's blown two engines in my life and once asked, I thought the oil just stayed in there. I mean, I'm not a smart man when it comes to automotive stuff, but this is like they're a lap up and they they need some kind of engine failure or something uh, for A and M or Notre Dame to uh, to come back and win both games. And we'll see one o'clock today for the Aggies and the Fighting Irish. Not not by any means done yet for Oklahoma. There's still work to be done, but uh, the Sooners are rolling right now.
No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, as the 918 points out, Notre Dame used seven pitchers against Oklahoma. So those pitching staffs are, uh, they've been used a lot for A&M and for Notre Dame. They're somewhat depleted right now, while the Sooners appear to be in good shape. That's why if Sandlin is the guy, if it is David Sandlin, he can give you a good quality start. You know, uh, with the way Oklahoma's swinging the bat right now, that would be a great deal for Oklahoma. All right, we want to thank again our man Tim Lasher, his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated. They've been servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now for 15 years. You need that AC tuned up, he's the guy to call. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. We'll also be hitting up the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You can, if you want to go old school, give us a call. 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. That's 405-329-9000. We do have a couple guests coming up today. Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, talking a little uh, Sooner baseball on the way. We might jump into some football as well. And uh, the biggest draft ever for the Oklahoma City Thunder happening on Thursday night. We will talk to Brandon Rabar about the latest rumors concerning OKC and those picks. All right. We, ladies and gentlemen, are just underway. Good to have you with us here on a Tuesday. We'll take a quick break right here. Mike Steely here in the Brown Haver Studios. Parker in Omaha. Connor Pasby running the show for us. Glad you're with us. We're coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It is a Tuesday. Mike Steely here in the Brown Haver Studios. Parker in Omaha. We got Connor Pasby running the show for us. Hope you're having a good Tuesday so far. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Again, 405-651-3439. Our Riverwind Casino hotline, 405-329-9000. I will take a 20-inning game today, says the 281. Yes, that would be nice for uh, Sooner fans if A&M and Notre Dame uh, win extra innings. And 20 would be uh, would be the perfect scenario. So, what do you think? Who would you rather the Sooners match up with, A&M or Notre Dame, Parker? We were literally just talking about this uh, not three minutes ago in the break, Mike, whether we would rather see Notre Dame or A&M. Uh, we've got Travis here. Uh, a couple other Sooner fans have trickled in. And so we were all kind of sitting around having that conversation. You know, would you rather play Notre Dame? Would you Would you rather play Texas A&M? And the consensus that we came to was – rather face off with Notre Dame because you look back at the way that Oklahoma beat Notre Dame that's a more sustainable method of winning a baseball game the Sooners beat Texas A&M on Friday in large part due to a lot of walks some hit by pitches some miscues by the Aggies and so when you take all of that into consideration there's more of a chance that that game swings the other direction on Friday than the OU Notre Dame game swings the other direction on Sunday OU beat Notre Dame in more convincing fashion and moreover if you get a&m on wednesday afternoon what you get is a team that has now won two consecutive games with their backs against the wall in order to get to that position with notre dame all they've had to do is win one game since they got throttled by oklahoma on sunday night so all in all i think the feeling on this end of things is that if you're in oklahoma's shoes you'd rather see notre dame but Anyway, you slice it, Mike, they're getting a team that they've already beat in Omaha. So they're going to have some momentum and they're going to have some belief in that dugout one way or another. 
All right, we'll talk a little more Sooner Baseball with Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline in the next segment. Uh, Jesse, the uh, really good uh, sports editor right now for the Norman Transcript, always does a great job with us on the radio. We'll talk to him coming up here in about uh, a little less than 15 minutes. I want to talk a little Big 12 football because what's intriguing this year is all the new quarterbacks coming to the league. Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma you know, you've got Quinn and Ewers at Texas. He was, you know, obviously behind C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, but highly thought of. Adrian Martinez left Nebraska for Kansas State. Uh, you know, you've got new faces, and then you have some old faces like Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, you've got J.T. Daniels at West Virginia right now. How do you think this is all going to play out as to – because, you know, let's face it. Uh, some people don't think Oklahoma's a slight favorite. Some people think Baylor's a slight favorite. Uh, Gary Bohannon obviously left, and uh, that's Blake uh, Chafin leading the way now for the Baylor Bears. Spencer Sanders, you know, has been very inconsistent, but Mike Gundy talked the other day about, you know, when we run the football well and we actually protect for Spencer Sanders, he plays good football. But he's been inconsistent, and at times he's turned it over way too much. So, and I, for some, I have a good feeling that Adrian Martinez is going to play pretty well at Kansas State this year. I'm not saying he's going to be the All Big Twelve guy, but I think he'll be a solid player. We got Casey Thompson, you know, at Nebraska is going to be interesting. Obviously, that's not a league matchup, but just another interesting quarterback that the Sooners, um, you know, will <clears throat> play. Uh, in game three of the non-con. But what do you think about how this is going to shake out with all these, uh, a lot of the new faces coming in at QB in the Big 12 this fall? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, listening to Plank and Josh last hour, they were kind of going through the hierarchy in the Big 12 at the quarterback position and figuring out who the top three signal callers in the conference are going to be. And there's really no easy answer, right? Dylan Gabriel's probably the safest bet, but even with a guy like Quinn Ewers, who is so highly regarded and so highly touted as a prospect, you don't know what you're going to get with a kid that's never thrown a collegiate pass and has only taken two snaps at that level in any capacity. So uh, I I don't know, Mike. It, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I do think one way or another Adrian Martinez is going to be in for a career year at Kansas State. I don't necessarily know what that looks like, and I don't know if it – means Kansas State wins 10 games. I don't know if it means they win six games, but I do think he's going to be much more individually successful in that Kansas State system than he ever was at Nebraska. Um, with Baylor, that's a team, and you know, talking to Teddy last week on the rush, he's really, really uneasy about just how good Blake Shapin might be because, and I use the word uneasy because Teddy's under the impression that Blake Shapin might turn out to be really, really good. He's, and, he's got the raw talent, I think. He does, and I think it says a lot about Blake Shapin that Dave Aranda was willing to just tell Gary Bohannon up front, hey, you know what, thanks for everything you've done here, but you're not going to be our starter moving forward. If you want to go somewhere to be the starter, I suggest you hit the portal before the spring ends. Aranda didn't have to do that, and sure, you can look at that as the type of move that was done in good faith, and Aranda just giving Bohannon a heads up that, hey, we're going a different direction, but... Again, any way you slice it, that speaks to a ton of faith in Blake Shapin from the Baylor end and from Dave Aranda. So uh, I, I think Baylor, pound for pound, 
has the chance to be as good as anybody in the Big 12, and that includes Oklahoma, if they're able to sufficiently replace some of their key losses, i.e. Tyquan Thornton, Jalen Petrie, Abram Smith. But that is a very well-coached football team, and all they've done really for the last half a decade under either Matt Rule or Dave Aranda is exceed expectations with the hand they've been dealt. So Baylor's probably the one team in the Big 12 that I'm legitimately worried about if I'm Oklahoma. Everybody else, it's going to be kind of a mixed bag. Even with Texas, it seems like we have the conversation every year about Texas and how this is going to be the year that they have the resurgence, right? Well, sure, they've got a lot of talent in the stable this year. They've had talent in years past. Until you have the culture, which is something that Texas doesn't have right now, your ceiling's only going to be so high. Yeah, and it's interesting with Texas. I always take the show-me-don't-tell-me approach because everybody in the preseason, not everybody, but so many of the national publications, you know, particularly when you get down, well, okay, we're in 15 and 25 range. You go, oh, Texas, yeah, we get, we forgot about Texas. This is the year that Texas breaks out or whatever. You, you almost think that inevitably it's it's going to happen because they recruit so well in Austin, but you got to coach them up. Sark's first year was a disaster. If Quinn Ewers pans out, Texas could be very good. They might even win the league, but I got to see it to believe it. That's kind of the approach I always take with the Horns. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line, talking baseball, the 918. That's ridiculous. You want A&M. Because of the way you beat them on Friday, much harder to beat a team in two games that's consistent than a team who's hit and miss. All right, so one vote for A&M. Another one from the 405. You also, yeah, you want to face A&M. We had fantastic pitching that might not be sustainable. Notre Dame did beat the best team in the game at Tennessee. Yeah, they won that regional, no doubt. No doubt about it. And a lot of people love seeing that because Tennessee's pretty, pretty cocky. Uh, you know, from the head coach all the way down. So a lot of people were were happy to see Notre Dame go in there to Knoxville and win that uh, regional, super regional against the Volunteers. So got a couple votes for A&M. Bottom line is, you know, you hope that both teams have to use a lot of pitchers in this game today, and you just hope that, man, you continue rolling like you've been rolling because the Sooners are red hot, they're confident. I love, you know, for Skip Johnson – I, look, I've never met Skip. Toby talks to him all the time. I always enjoy the conversation. Seems like a, just a great dude. Everybody who comes across Skip Johnson really likes the guy. I love the approach they're taking. Uh, you know, at some point, though, you're, you're going to be in pressure situations. And not that the Sooners haven't faced a little bit already. Just playing any game in the College World Series has its share of pressure. But the Sooners are going to be in a situation where they're probably going to have to come back in a game. They haven't done that yet, right? So we'll wait and see. But right now, man, it just feels like a team of destiny uh, maybe very reminiscent of that 94 team that was the Sooners' last College World Series championship squad. All right, Mike Steely here in studio, the Brown O'Haver Studios, Parker in Omaha with our man Travis Davidson, who will be on, of course, did a great job with Plank. Uh, earlier today we have jesse crittenden coming up we'll talk sooner baseball maybe jump into some football as well that's coming up it's tuesday here on the home of sooner fans that would be the one the only ref radio network stay with it 
It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. And again, Oklahoma awaiting uh, their next opponent in Omaha. They will play the Sooners' will, either A&M or Notre Dame at 1 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN in the semifinals. The Sooners needing to just win one more game to get to the College World Series Championship Series best of three. A&M and Notre Dame, first pitch coming up in Omaha this afternoon in the elimination game. Uh, in about 25 minutes. Parker is in Omaha on location, and we have on our Riverwind Casino hotline Mr. Jesse Crittenden, sports editor, Norman Transcript. Jesse, as always, we appreciate your time. It feels like uh, the Sooners are kind of on cruise control to this championship series. Obviously, they've got to win one more game, but the way this team's been playing, do you feel like it's almost uh, destined that they're going to be in the final? It really is starting to feel that way, and I think part of that is, I mean, just with the way they've even performed so far uh, in the College World Series, not to mention, you know, how they've played since the postseason started. But, I mean, I found myself just as a viewer these last couple of games, I'm not surprised by them winning these games, which is a testament to how well they're playing and the kind of run they're on right now. It's not easy to win these kinds of games, but they're – they're kind of just going in and taking care of business. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's hard to become a team of destiny, but for a lot of reasons right now, this OU baseball team feels like this year's team of destiny. Okay. Let me ask you this, Jesse, it's become one of the more popular conversations, one of the more hot button topics heading into this Wednesday afternoon tilt with either Notre Dame or Texas A&M. Uh, who do you want to see the Sooners start on the mound tomorrow afternoon? Do you roll back with Jake Bennett on four days rest and go with Cade Horton as your day one starter or game one starter if you advance to the championship series? Or you try to cobble something together with David Samlin, Chaz Martinez, Carter Campbell, and the like, and either keep Bennett in the chamber as your potential Thursday starter if things don't pan out and you got to play a winner-take-all game, or... You save him for Saturday if you do win on Wednesday, and then you can go Bennett in Game 1, Horton in Game 2 in the championship series. Yeah, honestly, I think he, I think you roll out Bennett, um, you know, for this for this game tomorrow. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think you do that for the, I mean, for the purpose of throwing Kate Horton out there, you know, in a potential Game 1 in the, champ, in the championship series. Obviously, there's, you know, Jake Bennett's had a few days of rest now. I thought his performance against Texas A&M was not—it wasn't his best, but it, I mean, it was—it was good enough to help them win that game. And yeah, I—I think—I don't—I don't think you mess with the formula too much. I think those are, you know, those are kind of your two guys. And you know, with enough rest, I think you throw Jake Bennett out there. He, you know, he's—he's he's seen Texas A&M before, so if it's Texas A&M, you know, he's got that level of comfort. But I, I don't think you're scared of Notre Dame either. But I, I think with the way that with the way that Kate Horton has been throwing in the postseason, especially his performance on Sunday, you know, I, to me, I think in the interest of trying to get started off in the right direction, I, I, I think it's about putting Kate Horton uh, on the mound in, in game one in a potential championship series. So I think, you know, but again, the, the pitching, the pitching staff for the, for this team has been unreal uh, for the last few weeks. So in, in a lot of ways, I don't know if you can go wrong, but I, I think that would be, that would be my suggestion. Jesse Crittenden is with us, and the other uh, question that's out there right now is, do you think the Sooners, the better matchup for Oklahoma would be A&M or Notre Dame? What do you think? 
That's a good question. I, I mean, I think I think A and M. You know, when these two teams played last week, I think A and M certainly showed, um, you know, a, an offensive prowess that we didn't see from Notre Dame. But I, I think Notre Dame, honestly, is probably the I think is the better team up and down the roster. Obviously, they're both very good teams, but. You know, I, I think if you're OU, uh, I think you've you've proven you can score on Texas A&M. I think that was actually one of their rare moments where they didn't have an amazing defensive game. wasn't a great pitching game. I think they could play better in a potential rematch. So I, I think if you're Oklahoma, you feel good about your chances regardless. But you know, I, I think Texas A&M is probably the slightly better matchup for them. Now, just talking to folks in the press box at Charles Schwab Field uh, leading up to Sunday's contest between the Sooners and the Fighting Irish, Jesse, the prevailing opinion was that the winner of that game was going to be in the driver's seat to win the whole dang thing. Now, you look at the other half of the bracket, Ole Miss is 2-0, and Arkansas and Auburn will play an elimination game to decide who matches up with the Rebels for the right to go to the championship series on the other side of the bracket. As you look at the rest of this field right now, there are five other teams still in contention. Oklahoma looks like the hottest. They look like the most well-rounded. But if there is a team that you think is most capable of going toe-to-toe with the Sooners and taking them down, which team is that? That's a, that's a good question. I think for me, obviously, it, it it starts with I think Ole Miss, a team that has uh, again, you know, I think has been kind of on a similar role to Oklahoma. I think they're a team that's that's kind of gotten hot at the right time. You've seen that with their with their performance through the first couple of games in the College World Series. And to me, I think obviously it's it's important to have you know all phases of your game working right and and. There's there's something to be said for consistency. There's something to be said for um, you know finding a way to win in different facets. But I, I think Oklahoma has shown that there really is a value in in figuring out things as you go and and getting hot at the right time. And I think Ole Miss has kind of been uh, the equivalent to Oklahoma on the other side. So I mean, obviously Arkansas is is is, is a really good team, and so is Auburn, but. Yeah, I think I think Ole Miss kind of has some of that same, a little bit of that same magic that Oklahoma does, and to me, I think that would be a, a really fun. Uh, as, as much as Arkansas, it would be really fun to see Oklahoma and Arkansas match up uh, in the championship series for a lot of reasons. I think there really is kind of an unspoken rivalry between those two teams. I think Oklahoma and Ole Miss would be a potential matchup of, of two teams that have gotten hot at the right time and playing as well as anybody. So I, I think it'd be Ole Miss. All right, I want to talk a little sooner softball because the rich get richer, and uh, the, you know, we still haven't seen the Bernard kid from uh, the Slugger from Wichita State in the portal. There have been a lot of rumors about you know Bernard coming to Oklahoma, but we also saw yesterday that Jocelyn Erickson, the uh, Slugger from the high school ranks in Arizona, same high school as Grace Lyons, is coming to Oklahoma. Utility player, left-hander, uh, brings a lot of power to OU. The Sooners already have the number one pitcher. Uh, and the number one player in the country coming to Norman to play next season and Kirsten Deal as well. And based on what Oklahoma has coming back, and I, I know you lose a ton when you talk about Jocelyn Allo and uh, Lindsey Elam and Jana Johns. Hope Troutwine obviously was fabulous, Taylor Snow. Uh, but when you bring back Tiare Jennings, Jordy Ball, uh, Grace Lyons, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, uh, Alyssa Brito, in fact it might be at the corners now, uh, which Oklahoma, you've got to replace both players. It could be an 
the Erickson kid, the new signee, playing first, and probably would be Brito playing at third. Plus, you know, you also have Alex Storacco coming in from Michigan. I mean, it's just it's it's like. Uh, if, if this was the NBA, it would be like the Sooners would just be the super team every year. It seems like it's that way right now with Patty Gasso and company. Yeah, no kidding. And and you mentioned, obviously, it's it's going to hurt a lot to, to lose Jocelyn Allo and Hope Troutwine and those seniors. But I actually thought that, that that final game against Texas to win the whole thing was a testament to, even outside of Jocelyn Allo, just how – loaded this team is behind her that's returning i mean even jocelyn Allo, who still had a good game against texas you know finished with a run finished with a hit uh but i mean it, it was you know it was the other it was a lot of the other players on the roster really stepping up to to get things done and and yeah i mean i think that's always the thing about winning a a, a national championship right is that you're just increasing your brand you're increasing the chances that you know that the best high school players come that the best players uh, in the transfer portal come, obviously we talked about Storaco last week. Uh, obviously uh, Jocelyn Erickson, I think, has all of the makings of somebody who could be one of the best hitters in college softball. I mean, th- there just is no signs of this OU softball team slowing down. And, I, and it's kind of like we talked about last week. I think even if you didn't add anybody to this team, I think if you just brought back the players uh, that were on this past team into next year, I think this team would still be favored. And if you – if you make some moves around the, the margin to add new talent, I mean, I, I, I think there's every reason to still be confident in this OU softball team, even with losing someone as great as Jocelyn Allo and these other these other few seniors. Okay, Jesse, going to ask you to lock in your prediction right now. No program has ever won a baseball title and a softball title in the same season Obviously, Oklahoma has the opportunity to do just that if they continue this magical run at the College World Series. Do you think by this time next week, the Sooners have gone where no one has gone before and have wrapped it up? Oh, man. Putting me on the spot. Okay. I, I, you know what, honestly, I'll, I'll go big. I'm going to say yes. And I think I'm going to say that for a couple of reasons. I, I really... I mean, Oklahoma is playing as well as anybody right now, but it, I don't think it's as simple as as them just getting hot at the right time. I think they have figured some things out. I think they've they've found their identity on offense uh, with how aggressive they're playing, which is really a testament to the impact that Reggie Willis, you know, the, the assistant coach has had. Um, but you know, they're they're hitting and 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 scoring as well as anybody. But I think the big thing is how well this defense has played how well the pitching is, has, has played. I mean, I, I just I don't know. I don't think Oklahoma is scared of anybody. I think they're, they're ready to play anybody in this tournament you know, as it goes on, and I think they're playing as well as anybody, and I think they feel that momentum. I think they feel like this is their season to do it. So, yeah, I'll go big and say I think this is, this is the uh, – OU baseball is going to win, and I think they're going to add uh, – yeah, they're going to be that first program to accomplish winning a, a softball championship and a baseball championship. It would be incredible, no doubt about it. Jesse, we always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are with you on a Tuesday. We've got one more segment here in the first hour. Thanks to Tim Lasher, his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need an AC tune-up right now, give him a call, 405-579-3113.
I do not think that Jake Bennett's pitching tomorrow. I think it's going to be Sandlin, 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 Sandlin. And uh, I just don't see that happening. And, uh, you know, I know we asked Jesse who he thought he would go with. Uh, and he's welcome to his opinion, but I would be shocked if that happened. So, anyway, Sooners against either A&M or Notre Dame tomorrow, 1 o'clock on ESPN. Again, you try and get, man, what you can out of Sandlin tomorrow. You have to piecemeal it, maybe a little Johnny Holstaff, as Larry Cochelle used to call it, and try and set up the uh, Bennett and Horton situation uh, in the championship series. All right. We'll take a break right here. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a school of thought out there since A&M, uh, you know, hasn't seen uh, Bennett, right? They've seen Horton. Maybe that would be a way to go, but I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, so, anyway, let's break right here. And uh, when we get back, Deshaun Watson, 20 of the 24 lawsuits against the Browns quarterback have been settled. What does that mean? We'll talk about it when we return here on The Ref. And it's a good song, The Underdog by Spoon. I love that song, actually. It's a good one for the uh, DOU baseball team because they certainly were an underdog for a while. What were they tabbed as sixth in the uh, Big 12 preseason baseball rankings? Now here they are on the cusp of going to the College World Series final. Mike Steely here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. We got Parker in Omaha. Check in with him in a minute. Want to remind you about what's happening at Riverwind Casino. We are halfway through the Beats and Bites Summer Concert Series presented by Riverwind and Coop Ale Works. We've already had great shows from Starship and Night Ranger. And then uh, we had Everclear, Deep Blue Something, and Sister Hazel last Saturday. Another really good crowd. Two big shows happening in July. You can get your tickets now. July 9th, man, it's it's really going to be awesome because you have the Randy Rogers Band. So you can go out here uh, to Riverwind in, um, in Norman and get outdoors, enjoy the great food trucks, get some great music. And then they've got a great fireworks show happening right after the Randy Rogers Band uh, show again on July 9th. That'll be a heck of a deal. And the individual tickets are only five bucks. I mean, the, the Riverwind fireworks shows worth at least 20 bucks. I mean, come on. That is a bargain right there. And then on July 30th, Scotty McCreary will be the final show of Beats and Bites 2022. It's a really good time. You've got retail vendors out there, all the best local food trucks. Again, like I said, the fireworks display after the Randy Rogers Band show. Fun, fair, festivities, games for the kids, and again, great craft beer from Coop Ale Works at the Beats and Bites Festival. And again, get your tickets for the remaining shows online right now at Riverwind.com. They're $5 for each individual ticket, or you can get them at the Riverwind box office in the casino, obviously right by the Showplace Theater. So, all right, I don't think we'll have uh, enough time to really talk about this Deshaun Watson situation, but uh, certainly that is interesting. We were talking about OU, and uh, pretty much I think the call's been made that it's going to be Sandlin uh, coming up tomorrow against either A&M or uh, Notre Dame. And again, that game will get underway, the A&M-Notre Dame game, here in about 10 minutes with the first pitch. But, Bennett, you would come back, right, if you have to play that one-and-done game. If A&M or Notre Dame beats Oklahoma you know, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, then it's, that's when you know, you're just trying to get to that championship series. That's when you kind of throw Johnny Holstaff, as Larry Cochelle used to say, out there. Right, Parker? I mean, you're just fighting to get to the uh, the final at that point. Well, to be honest with you, Mike, I, I think you throw Johnny Holstaff tomorrow. I think 
you get a few innings out of David Sandlin, you don't necessarily try to extend him or get a ridiculous amount of distance out of him, and then you turn him, you turn things over to the bullpen and give Notre Dame slash Texas A&M all the different looks they can handle. Get a lefty like Carter Campbell, followed by a righty like Carson Atwood. You can roll with Jared Godman in the later innings. You could maybe get an inning or two out of Trevin Michael, or more than that if need be. But to me, you give as many different looks as possible tomorrow, knowing that if it doesn't work out, you've got Bennett waiting, waiting in the wings for a Thursday start. And if it does work out, you've got all hands on deck heading into the championship series, and everybody will be able to throw as long as you need them to for two, perhaps three games as you get closer and closer to glory. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how many pitchers that both teams are going to have to use today in the Aggies-Irish matchup in the elimination game. And again, we are about uh, less than 10 minutes away from the first pitch in Omaha. And then the elimination game tonight, Arkansas and Auburn will be playing in the other elimination game. That's the evening matchup. The winner of that one will stay alive but must beat Ole Miss twice to advance to the finals. So the Sooners and Ole Miss right now in great situations. Uh, and the odds that I saw today, Ole Miss was the favorite. Oklahoma wasn't too far behind. Uh, and clearly both those teams are in um, really good spots right now in terms of trying to win the College World Series championship. Okay, that's our number one. Thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need the A.C. looked at before it really gets hot. And guess what? It's hot already. We're officially in summer. 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, will get the job done for you. Break time. We've got another hour to go. Talking a little uh, Sooner football, Deshaun Watson, OU baseball, NBA draft. It's all up next. Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. Good song by the Moody Blues way back when. Also a great day unless you really just don't like heat because it is heating up out there. Going to be up to around 96 today. And uh, welcome in if you're just joining us. Thank you. Our second hour presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, you're looking for a great deal on a car, truck, or an SUV with a great guarantee of oil changes, engines for life, or newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you than it's uh, the Seth Wadley Auto Group that will get you taken care of. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Where is the where does the most Sooner fan hate reside with A&M or Notre Dame? Because A&M's buying recruiting classes. It's legal now, and A&M has a, a lot of money. A&M has always thought, again, they were like the pretty head cheerleader. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when they're really not. But Notre Dame also has uh, taken the Sooners' play-like-a-champion today sign, which originated with Bud Wilkinson, and Lou Holtz copywriting it. So, Parker, as you talk about what's happening at Double Zero Pizza there in Omaha, how would you answer that question? More hate from the OU fans for A&M or more for Notre Dame with the uh, play-like-a-champion stuff? Yeah, well, first off, I am out here at Double Zero Pizzeria on 204th and Pacific in Omaha. They've been open for close to two years out here, Monday to Saturday, 11 to 9 p.m., and Sunday, 11 to 8 p.m. Uh, got a chance to meet the owners, Dan and Chaz, early. Of course, Chaz is a huge Sooner fan, originally from Jinx up in the 918. 
and uh, yeah, got in touch with Travis Davidson as soon as uh, we made plans to go ahead and make the trip up to cover the College World Series and made arrangements to do the show from out here. So a uh, huge shout-out to Chaz and everybody out here at Double Zero Pizzeria. Uh, they specialize in craft pizzas with high-quality ingredients and unique flavor combinations. I had one earlier. It was called Brian's Song. Uh, get this, Mike. Che- so it had cream cheese, parmesan, pepperoni, and just straight up mozzarella on it. So three different varieties of cheeses, including cream cheese, which if you've, if you've never had cream cheese on a pizza, it is fantastic. Really? Brian, what touch. A, I yes. like that name. That was one of the greatest TV movies of all time. I remember yeah, as a exactly. kid crying, man, when uh, Billy <laughs> D. Williams said, I love Brian Piccolo, and you should love him too. What a great movie. That's right. So uh, they uh, get, So speaking more to the unique pizzas, that they offer here at Double Zero Pizzeria. Uh, one of the pizzas that Chaz brought us out and had us try was the Crab Rangoon pizza, which is apparently a bestseller here. Um, I I had never before seen a Crab Rangoon pizza on any menu anywhere, but it does very well here at Double Zero Pizzeria, and it is delicious. So if you are a Sooner fan out here in Omaha at some point, you need to stop by Double Zero Pizzeria. I'm, hil- I'm here till 3 p.m. today, but... The Sooners are going to be here until at least Thursday evening. So certainly make the journey out to 204th and Pacific at some point in time uh, to Double Zero Pizzeria and enjoy some great Double Zero Italian flour pizza. That's that's what they make their crust with is Double Zero Italian flour. We all thought it was named Double Zero because that was the last year the Sooners won a national championship and we knew Chaz was a big OU fan, but it, it just so happens to be a coincidence, as a matter of fact. Double Zero Italian flour is the cornerstone of their crust. Delicious food out here. Definitely give it a try while you're out here in Omaha. But uh, as for the question of whether OU fans detest Notre Dame or Texas A&M more, I would probably say, and maybe this is just recency bias, heat of the moment type of thing, I would probably say it's A&M. So the, I guess the subsequent question therein is, would you rather be the team to eliminate A&M or would you rather just see them eliminated as soon as possible? So I think today's game is a win-win for Sooner fans because they either get to watch Notre Dame or Texas A&M get eliminated, and then they hopefully get to eliminate the other one tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, for the Sooner fans, I mean, the first team eliminated were the uh, Longhorns, so they love that very much. So just getting underway, uh, first pitch happening right now between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. The Notre Dame uniforms look really good today. The others the other night against OU were just plain wrong. I mean, they were just plain wrong is what they were. Okay, um, Deshaun Watson. You know, Tony Busby, his attorney, says now that 20 of 24 of these civil suits have been settled. They're working on the paperwork, according to Tony Busby, on the other four that are still out there. And I've seen, you know, people arguing both sides. Well, the, the ladies just wanted a payday. and Or, man, this makes Deshaun Watson look uh, totally guilty. And I, I side much more with the side that Deshaun Watson looks totally guilty. I still believe he's going to be suspended by the NFL. And, you know, again, unless there was some orchestrated attempt where all these ladies got together or then they decided maybe that they heard the first few, you know what, we're going to take this guy for all he's worth. 
Um, I, I don't see that happening. And no normal human being tries, you know, to go out and seek out 67 different massage therapists. That's not normal behavior, people. So what do you think of this whole story today that uh, Deshaun Watson's attorney said again, 20 of the 24 civil suits have been settled now? Uh, well, like Plank and Josh were saying earlier, Mike, I really don't think you settle these if you're confident that you're going to win those cases in a court of law. Yeah, and, which, and you would again, you would always take, it's like if you ever watch Dateline or whatever, and they say, man, you know, this guy, you know, seemed very calm when we were questioning him. He wasn't like, you know, where's my wife? Who Find out who killed my wife. You are, you are fighting for your good name, right? And if you truly feel that you haven't done anything wrong, the last thing you're going to do is give these ladies money, right? He's trying to make this go away. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, and people, I've seen a few people criticize, why would they take the money? Some of these massage therapists, I'm sure they're maybe making $24,000 a year or something like that or less. And if you're, you know, uh, I, I haven't seen what the figure is, but let's say it's even $200,000 or whatever. That figure was thrown around for a while. That, again, for you is life-changing money, at least for a few years. So if you're in that situation and you've got a ton of bills and you're barely making ends meet or you're not even making it paycheck to paycheck, $200,000 is a ton of money for somebody in that situation. So there are a lot of factors at play. But I'm with you too, Parker, and I heard what Plank and Josh said, and I echo what they're saying. You know, if you truly feel like you're not guilty – you know, and, and the other side would say, well, he just wants it to go away and he's got all this money. Another thing could be, Parker, you know, there was talk about if all this goes to court and it doesn't work out well and it continues to sully the good name of the Cleveland Browns. I don't think that's really, you know, but Deshaun Watson's name continually dragged through the mud as it should be. Uh, because this is just creepy behavior. But there was also the possibility that that supposedly guaranteed contract had some loopholes in it and that money could go away, right? So they may be paying to make sure that they can insure that big money contract that they want him to get too, right? I I don't know what they're doing at this point, Mike, but none of what they've done suggests that Deshaun Watson is 100% innocent in all of this. He may be some percent innocent in all of this. I'm not saying every single allegation that he faces is the gospel truth, but what I am saying is if he was 100% innocent, I don't think things would have gone down the way that they have gone down thus far. So, yeah, it is a creepy, wacky situation all the way around, and it's pretty evident that Deshaun Watson needs to be suspended by the NFL. I'm not going to speculate or recommend any certain sort of uh, parameter on the length of that suspension, but I think when you're mired in the type of situation that he is mired in, you gotta face a suspension at some point, yeah. right? Like the NFL mm-hmm. can't watch this all unfold and just be like, "Okay, well, like, you know what? As long as he settles, we'll let him play football again." No, you've got to suspend him at this point. There has to be some sort of punitive action taken. 
Like I said, in a totally uh, unrealistic world where maybe nothing happened with all these women, which I think, again, unrealistic world. If you're seeking out 67 different massage therapists and uh, doing that on Instagram, uh, there's something happening here. And what it is, is pretty clear, actually. And that is, he is perpetually horny guy. He's a PhD. It's very creepy, in my opinion. All right, real quick before we take a break, and in the next segment we'll do all of your texts, get caught up on that. Uh, but I want to get to one that's been hanging here for a minute. Hey, Steely, any thoughts on Brooks Kepka jumping to the LIV, uh, the live tour? No. Uh, you know, Chase Kepka, his brother, is already there. I thought the way he answered questions at the U.S. Open, uh, get together with the media, you kind of thought that – uh, there was something on his mind, so it didn't surprise me. And now the Live Golf Tour has three of the top 20 players in the world. You've got DJ at 16, uh, Brooks Kepke at 19, and Abe Anser, former Sooner, at number 20 in the world. And they have uh, now five of the top 30 if you look at Louis Oosthuizen, uh, and who's 23rd, I believe, and Bryson DeChambeau at number 30 in the world. And, of course, they've got a huge name in Phil Mickelson. So, uh, as I said, this is a problem for the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan's done a horrible job of taking this on so far. He has not gone about it in the right way, and this isn't going away. The more of these big-name players go to the Tour, it makes it easier for other players to take that step. Now, Matt Fitzpatrick was on ESPN earlier today, your U.S. Open champion, and here's what he said about Brooks Kepka leaving now for the Live Golf Tour. Yeah, it's interesting. There's certainly a split at the minute. Um, you know, I, I just uh, I constantly go back to the, the two sort of quotes I've seen from Tiger and uh, Rory over the last few weeks about legacy and, and history and uh, achieving uh, and winning tournaments. And, and for me, that's the route that I want to go down. Um, for me, that's the best place to play is the, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour and, and the majors. Um, that's what I want to do. I, you know, I want to win more of these and uh, more times on on DP World Tour and, and the PGA Tour. So um, it's certainly an interesting story, and uh, I'm sure it's uh, it, well, it's already ruffled plenty of feathers. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Matt Fitzpatrick on ESPN today. The defection of Brooks Kepka to the Live Golf Tour. And again, if you didn't hear yesterday, the the word came out. Abraham Answer. I haven't seen an official release, but everybody's saying that Abraham Answer, the former Sooner, again is headed to the Live Golf Tour. All right, let's thank again our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle, car, truck, or SUV, and a great guarantee after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. I'm here inside the Brown O'Haver Studios along with my man Connor Pasby in Omaha, Double Zero Pizza, Parker Thune, along with our man Travis Davidson. Uh, and we're glad to have you with us here on a Tuesday. Let's break right here and come back and get to nothing but your texts in the next segment right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon, well into the 1 o'clock hour, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, no, the uh, TV's about to go off. I can't go over there and push it. And uh, A&M and Notre Dame are in the bottom of the first. You know how to do this, Connor? 
because I, I can't have the broadcast go off the air. You know, if you have uh, Cox, it'll say, please press the select button on your remote control to continue watching TV. If you don't, your receiver will power off. I tried that the other day, and I could not get it. I was pressing select, and it didn't work for me. All right, we're going to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's an interesting one coming in from Twitter. Uh, Steel Man, give me four words to describe Brent Venables. Four words to describe Brent Venables. Uh, how about passionate? <clears throat> pardon me, passionate. Committed. Loyal. And how about ready? Passionate, committed, loyal, ready. What am I leaving out, Parker? What do you have? I was going to go with has won national titles. That could be in the the ready department, right? Yeah, but I think it's also kind of a trump card over the last guy. So that's why I I went Mm, with those four. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and we lost the component somehow, some way. How do we lose one and not the other? This is not good. All right, time for ESPN Plus on the phone. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's get there right now. Air Comfort Solutions backline. I will root for all the nobodies on the Live Tour to kick the asses of all the PGA stars who bolted. Uh, did Steely say he was going to the Bahamas? Yes, we are. Bench- we're headed there uh, soon. Doesn't seem like a Bahamas kind of guy, more like a Lake Thunderbird kind of guy. Oh, really, Kendall? Really? Come on, man. You know my horror stories there at uh, Lake Thunderbird when the giant pair of tidy whities floated in my direction as a kid, and I ran screaming back to the muddy beach like what, like an extra in the original Jaws movie. So uh, I, I will definitely be a Bahamas kind of guy, you know. So uh, intense was my first word I thought of, says 580. BV is authentic. That's a good one, too. I like that. Genuine, authentic, whatever you want to go. Answer PR release now on Twitter. Literally the answer no one wanted to see, 310. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting and just <laughs> the Plank show today. I love it when Plank gets fired up. And Plank's always fired up. He's so good, man. He's the dude is so versatile and so good, and he is like, he is the voice that won't stop and a motor that won't stop. I mean, I, I woke up about 4.15 the other morning. Was it Monday or was it? Yeah, I think it was. And it was like a link to Chris Plank doing a show, you know, on Sirius XM or Fox Sports, whatever it was. And I'm like, Plank's got a three-hour show later, and he's he's on a show right now. The guy's amazing. But... You know, they were talking about the live golf tour situation and somebody, you need to take a look at the situation in the Middle East and the human rights records and talk more about what's going on in the Middle East, basically. And it's like, dude, you're looking for a news station. But it got him really fired up. Anyway, yes, I think that for Abraham Answer, again, life-changing money. I mean, if... Phil Mickelson goes to the Live Golf Tour. Does he support beheadings or the way that people are treated in Saudi Arabia? I don't think he does, obviously. But, you know, they're, I don't know. Parker, how do you feel about that situation? How much, I mean, you can talk about the NBA players in China and the NBA has been, a you know, 
they David Stern a long time ago was talking about the NBA being a global game. Well, China's a, a horrible human rights violations. Not a not a very pretty regime there either. But I I don't know. It's is it money or your soul? Is it that simple here, or is there some more nuance to this than a lot of people are throwing out there? Again, Mike, like we've said many times, uh, I think when it comes down to it and you have to make a decision for yourself and your family and you have the opportunity to set yourself up uh, with potentially generational wealth that you can pass on to your children and grandchildren and so forth, then you know what? You're going to make the decision that sets you up best. And if that means going overseas to play golf on the live tour which is based in Saudi Arabia, apparently, then, you know, that's what, that's what you're going to do. Here's, here's the other thing about it, Mike. As far as the whole political discourse goes, I don't pretend to be as well-versed in that arena as other folks who are certainly more qualified to discuss that topic in detail, but here's what I can say confidently, Mike. You can find evil people everywhere, and generally where there is money – there is also evil. So <laughs> if you're going somewhere for the money, mm-hmm. if you're signing anywhere for money, regardless of whether you're signing uh, with a league overseas or a league in the U.S., there's some degree of evil at play, whether that is conspicuous or clandestine. Well, money's the root, right, of all evil. That's what we've been hearing for a long time. Now, money is just paper, well, paper money, and now we've got digital money and crypto and all of that stuff. But here's another, you know, what about Taylor Gooch, all right? He's going to be setting up his family. He's number 37 in the world. But nine months ago, nine months ago, was still kind of fighting for his PGA Tour card. And, again, they're paying their travel expenses. They're paying caddies. Live Golf is taking care of the caddy expenses, travel expenses, all of that. So, um, you know, and there, there's something to earning your keep. But, you know, it's Live Golf is taking a different approach. They feel like these guys, you know, if they're traveling to play on their tour, they need to be paid and compensated, you know, uh, playing a 54-hole golf tournament. But Taylor Gooch can also use that money. It's how you use that money yourself that is a bigger deal to me. Now, look, I'm a more of a supporter of the PGA Tour, but Taylor Gooch has a foundation. He can pour a bunch of that money into his foundation now, trying to do good in his community and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's what I'd like to see from these players who are enorming, uh, who are earning these enormous, uh, you know, guaranteed deals is what they do with the money, too. You know what I'm saying? So... It's just an interesting uh, story, and again, the PGA Tour, I don't think Jay Monahan's reacted very well at all, and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like, dude, you drew a line in the sand, and you, you didn't approach with, uh, you know, any, uh, you know, let's talk about this, it was more drawing a hard line, and how dare you, and he th- I think he thought that a lot of these guys threatened with suspension would just say, oh, oh man, we're sorry, and it didn't work that way. They just said, all right, we're going to be suspended. Guess what? I resign, and I'm going to play there. So we'll see how it, uh, you know, we'll see how it uh, plays out in the long run. We have our own atrocities from our government here in the United States. The more Western culture we can bring to the third communist socialist world, the better. 
Uh, we've had our issues. Slavery was pretty ugly, really ugly. Treatment of Native Americans, not good. So, I mean, I love our country. We haven't been a perfect place. Uh, no country is, obviously. But, yeah, that, that regime is pretty, pretty atrocious. Okay, let's break right here because I want to get uh, Brandon Rabar coming up next. We got Parker at Double Zero Pizza in Omaha hanging out with Travis Davidson. And uh, you guys, man, this is – do you guys have like a dumb and dumber van you're using driving around? Or is this – I know you guys are really smart and smarter, but uh, are you driving in in, uh, in a really cool vehicle or is it your family sedan? Uh, so I, you talking about the car I drove up here? Yes, but I'm like, what are you guys wheeling around in? Are you, you're hanging out some, right? Yes. So I, so we, for instance, to come out here to double zero, we just loaded everything up in my 2001 Ford Taurus and shipped off to Elkhorn to set her all up. So that's, uh, that's the, uh, that's the travel vehicle of the week for the Omaha crew, the Omaha KREF crew. There least. you go. And do we know who uh, are the Sooners still in second in Jello shots? Do we know right now? Uh, no, they are not even close. What? That has become a two-horse race between Arkansas fans and Ole Miss fans. Uh, see, you, you figure the SEC hillbillies would lead the way. Of course, we'll we'll be SEC hillbillies uh, soon. Yes. So, so Oklahoma, right now, Oklahoma fans have consumed 356 Jello shots. They are in fifth place. Uh, the leader is Arkansas with 6,526 Jello shots. So. Yeah, Oklahoma fans several laps down in the race. Do the uh, Arkansas fans like call the hogs and then take the shot? That's how yeah, I probably. do it if I was a hog fan. I actually like Pig Suey. I think it's pretty cool. All right, we're going to break right here. We got Parker out at Double Zero Pizza in Omaha. It's a Sooner spot. If you're heading up to Omaha, that is a Sooner spot right there. So get there. All right, when we get back. Biggest draft for the Thunder in their history. That's all happening Thursday night. What's the latest? We'll talk to Brandon Rabar about it next. All right, A&M and Notre Dame in the top of the second, and it is scoreless between the Aggies and the Irish. The winner plays Oklahoma, and uh, that'll be at 1 o'clock tomorrow in uh, Omaha. And again, uh, the Sooners in uh, really good shape through two games. Semifinal matchup tomorrow. Oklahoma against the winner of this matchup between A&M and uh, Notre Dame. And they're in the top of the second scoreless right now at Charles Schwab Field. Brandon Rabar joins us on the Riverwind Casino hotline. And uh, Brandon, uh, you know, this, uh, this pretty big deal happening Thursday night. This is the, I think it's the biggest draft in Thunder history and uh, what is the latest scuttlebutt? What's the latest big rumor that's floating around out there concerning OKC and the draft Thursday? Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. You know, it's it's what this season has all been leading up to. Thunder fans are really, really excited for good reason. The latest, you know, kind of whispers and buzz and scuttlebutt is that the Thunder really want to package 12 with either current players and or future picks to move up. There's been rumors that they might trade with Portland at number seven. Apparently, the Blazers really, really like Lou Dort and would want to trade uh, the number seven pick for Lou Dort, number 12. There's rumors uh, number eight in the Pelicans. There's been some ties there. And then there's some talk 
that possibly the Thunder want to move up all the way to number four with the Kings to, to get Jaden Ivey, and then maybe you walk away with Chet Holmgren and Jaden Ivey both, two of the top four players in the draft. So who knows? Maybe the Thunder just pick at 2-12, and 12, but there are lots of rumors the Thunder want to trade up. I've been seeing some smoke on Twitter, Brandon, that maybe the Magic are playing coy and they're going to take Chet Holmgren at number one. Are you buying that at all? I'm not buying it, but you're right, Parker. There's been a lot. It's so funny. You would think a team having the number one pick, they could just come out and say who they're going to pick. You know, it, it happens a lot of time in the NFL draft. I'll just be honest about it. But because those guys at the top of the draft, uh, Holmgren and Bancaro and Jabari Smith Jr., are all considered so close, you know, more than likely they're trying to kind of see if they can maybe trade down to two or three, still get their guy and maybe force OKC or Houston to give up another draft pick or an asset to move up. If I were to bet, I would bet it ends up going Jabari Smith 1 to Orlando, OKC takes Chet Holmgren at 2, and Houston takes Paolo Bancaro at 3. Yeah, and you look at what's happening with Oklahoma City. I, I'm all for trying to move up again. It's great to have all these draft picks. We, we saw Danny Ainge with you know the Celtics in a situation where you, eventually you need to start using them. You can't stockpile them forever. And Oklahoma City, I, I mean, it's Fort Knox there in the Thunder offices in terms of draft picks. So if they can move up, if they somehow could get either Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, and Jaden Ivey, uh, I'm 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 about to turn 59, but I'll I will try and turn like three somersaults down the hall. If that <laughs> happens, you better have IMSA ready. But I'm saying that would be the home run of all home runs. Now, if you know, there's been so much buzz about Oklahoma City, you know, and the Blazers' interest in Lou Dort that if they can get to seven, uh, you know, would Shaden Sharp be there? Ivy. Very unlikely, almost no chance he's going to be there. But what do you think Oklahoma City could get at seven if that deal is done? First of all, if you do those three somersaults, you gotta you got to get that on video and tweet it out because i got to see that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that Shaden Sharp would be the target at number seven. You know, he didn't play a minute at Kentucky this season, but he was the number one ranked prospect in his high school class. Uh, apparently his private workouts have gone really, really well. Uh, he's, he could have the highest upside in this draft. Uh, John Calipari says that if he came back next year, he'd be the number one overall pick. He's had four number one overall picks before, so he says he knows what he's talking about. Like, Shaden Sharp's upside is huge. He's just a risk. But, okay, so he can take risk. And you take a risk, and you take swings on guys like Shaden Sharp. So, yeah, I think if they move up to seven, Shaden Sharp makes a lot of sense. Maybe Benedict Matherin, uh, maybe like a Dyson Daniels or a Keegan Murray if he falls. But I would guess Shaden Sharp would be the target at seven if they move up. Seems like every single year in the NBA da- in the NBA draft, Brandon, we have some sort of surprise, something that happens that nobody was really expecting leading into draft night, uh, some curveball that gets thrown everybody's way. Uh, over the course of the festivities, if there is such a curveball in this year's installment of the NBA draft, what do you think it is, and who do you think it involves? Uh, I would guess it involves the Kings because they have the fourth pick and they want to win now. So who knows what they'll do? Uh, because one, it's the Kings, and you know if, if they think they can win now with Fox and Sabonis, if they can trade that fourth pick for a win now player, 
Who knows what they'll do? Uh, OKC really is a wild card with all these picks and having two and twelve. Uh, but then, you know, I, I can see a couple of guys sliding that people don't think will slide. Like maybe, you know, even to 12, I, I could see like a guy from, say, A.J. Griffin from Duke sliding all the way to 12 because of questions about his medical history and things like that, or Jalen Duran uh, sliding to 12. I think OKC could get a really, really nice player there, even if they stay right there. Brandon Rabar is with us. DailyThunder.com does a great job. The NBA draft coming up on Thursday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN from Brooklyn. All right, we've heard Lou Dort. Who else do you think is movable for Oklahoma City that uh, the Thunder may not, you know, be jumping for joy to get rid of, but that is, you know, maybe one of those expendable players that they can afford to move and not, uh, not be shedding too many tears over it? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that the only players that are truly untouchable would be Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy. Like that, that that's just not going to happen. And they want to keep Lou Dort, but he is their most valuable asset. That's you know, that could be traded. That makes sense to trade, especially with his upcoming contract uh, that's going to happen. I would say to answer your question, maybe like a Darius Baisley. You know, like he still has upside. Uh, I think he has some value. He showed the second half of the season, you know, with his defense rebounding and and kind of improvement. Uh, Kenrich Williams has some value across the league. There was some interest at the trade deadline last year. Um, He's a win-now player. He's a role player, but he would help any playoff team. So I would say those guys are probably the guys that have value that the Thunder would be willing to deal um, if, if need be in a trade. Now, inevitably, Brandon, the second that the draft concludes, we're going to have experts and pundits all over the country issuing their draft grades and terming each team's gra- draft class a success or a failure. For Oklahoma City, and you can take this whatever direction you want to take it, but what do you think a good draft class looks like for OKC? What do you think a bad draft class looks like? Good question. I would say a good draft class, any one of the big three, pick them at number two. Like, don't get, don't get crazy and, and try to pick, you know, a guy like Benedict Matherin or, or Keegan Murray at number two. It's not going to happen. But, you know, as long as you pick one of those big three there. Uh, and then at number 12, you know, I, I really would like to see him move up. So a good, a good draft, I would say, would be, say, Chet Holmgren and Shaden Sharp. That's kind of like the dream draft. Uh, unless you want to get really crazy and they trade up for Jaden Ivey as well. A bad draft, I, it's going to be really hard for them to mess this up because there's so many good players at 2 and 12. Maybe if they take Jaden Ivey at 2 without training down, I I love Jaden Ivey. He's going to be a star, and if the Thunder want to take him, I'm cool with that. But I feel like you can get him at 4, so you trade down and get another asset. So I feel like it would be a reach at 2 and you'd lose some value. So that's really the only way. I could see them messing up this draft as if they took Jaden Ivey at two without trading back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you somehow, let's say you get Ivey and you get Usman Zhang, but you, uh, again, that's at two and 12, um, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I like Jaden Ivey too, but I, I would still I, – I still like those top three guys. I don't think Jaden Ivey is – and he may turn out very well to be the best player, you know. He could very right. easily. I love him, but – Man, that that would be too high. And you've seen some reports, maybe, and who knows what's real and what's not when it comes to any of these drafts, but Oklahoma City might even consider taking him that high. But 
I, I still think it's going to be Holmgren, and I'm with you, Brandon. I think if you can get to seven, you can get sharp. Um, I know people don't want to see Lou Dort go, but eventually you're going to have to pay him more. You've still got to pay Shea. You've still got to pay Josh Giddy down the road. Uh, you're going to have two lottery picks you're going to have to pay. So um, that, believe me, I, I would love to see Lou Dort stay too, but I think, I think you make that deal personally. Brandon, you're always awesome and uh, very generous with your time and great insight as usual. And I think we'll talk to you again Friday after the draft Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we'll be celebrating the uh, picks of Chet Holmgren and Shaden Sharp. A new era. It's going to be – It's going to be. It, I'm going Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, championship in three years. That's how nice. far I'm going. And the somersaults down the, uh, the hallway. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, better I can't make wait sure, to retweet it. I better make sure my health insurance is up to date. Thanks, Brandon. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Parker. Have a good one. All right, Brandon Rabar. He, he really does a great job. Such a good guy, too. I mean, Brand is just such a nice guy. All right, I like nice people. Nothing wrong with nice people. In fact, I encourage more nice people. I will run on that. No, I won't run for anything, but I like nice people. Don't you? All right, uh, let's take a break right here. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great selection. You're looking for a car, truck, SUV and a guarantee that you just can't beat. You don't see anywhere else. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That is a guarantee. All right, Notre Dame and A&M, bottom of the second inning, scoreless still in Omaha. I got to say, I like both uniforms today. Both of them are nice. Now we're in the top of the third scoreless, the Aggies and the Irish, with the winner to play OU tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We'll be right back. Ah, one of the best songs of the 90s right there, for sure. I love that song. Good stuff. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. One more segment to go. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino for sponsoring our uh, hotline, 405-329-9000. And thank you for Beats and Bites 2022. We still have two shows left. Randy Rogers Band, followed by the Fireworks Spectacular on July 9th. Out at uh, the Beats and Bites Festival, also sponsored by Coop Ale Works. You've seen the Coop Ale House. It's a brilliant, unbelievably uh, cool bar inside Riverwind Casino. And Coop Ale Works, again, have... uh well, they've got your back with all the great craft beer out there as well. Live music, games for the kids, and again, uh, kids under 12 get in free. You've got retail vendors, you've got great music, and you have fireworks, explosions in the sky that are very beautiful. The Randy Rogers Band and the fireworks show on July 9th. Tickets are 5 bucks a piece at Riverwind.com or at the box office. And then we have one more show after that, Scotty McCreary, on July 30th. Again, tickets available at Riverwind.com or at the box office right there by the Showplace Theater. Beats and Bites 2022, two more shows in July. The Randy Rogers Band and the fireworks July 9th and the Scotty McCreary Show uh, to conclude Beats and Bites 2022 on July 30th. Okay, um, 0836 or 0863, yeah, I got that off the air. I can't say you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get onto that on the air because that would create a little uh, controversy. We don't do a lot of politics, but I, I can't say you're wrong. Okay, the football season can't get here fast enough. However, I'm nervous to play Nebraska and K-State. I feel like those are our hardest games this season. What do you guys think? 
Well, Parker, I think we talked about that Nebraska game is going to be very difficult. Yes. Um, Sooners have a better roster, but you know that crowd's going to be juiced in Lincoln uh, to get Oklahoma coming to town. Scott Frost is fighting for his job. I would go with Nebraska. Uh, Texas, obviously, is going to be huge. Oklahoma plays Baylor and Oklahoma State at home. But what do you think about uh, uh, the one guy who says Nebraska and K-State are the games that give him the most nerves? I, look, I've said for a long time I think it's Nebraska and Texas just because I think in any rivalry setting, as a general principle, you're going to get a tight game because whoever comes in as the underdog, they're going to come in juiced, fired up, and ready to give the favorite their best shot. I think that's what Nebraska is going to do. And regardless of what the line is uh, for Oklahoma-Texas at the Red River showdown at the Cotton Bowl, regardless of whether Oklahoma's favored or regardless of whether Texas is favored, you know we're going to be treated to one heck of a football game in the friendly confines of the Cotton Bowl. But uh, as far as Kansas State is concerned, Mike, I do think the worry that you have with that team is that they're very well coached. They now have a quarterback in Adrian Martinez that is probably the most physically gifted quarterback that they have had on that roster since Colin Klein which that takes you back about a decade so it's been a while since Kansas State had that caliber of a quarterback on their roster Deuce Vaughn is one of the best running backs in the nation and Chris Kleiman has has done just such a fantastic job orchestrating that program and building a roster according to his vision and his philosophy and his style that you get him in Norman this year which eases the worries a little bit but make no mistake uh, it's not going to be easy sledding against kansas state whenever they come to town okay uh again yeah i I think uh texas the unpredictability very talented roster no doubt if quinn ewers is the real deal that that's always going to be a difficult game i mean you think about what happened uh last year that was was tough but uh again i think the sooners uh because of uh, what they've done in so many of those games, I obviously would give the edge to Oklahoma. And I would pick Oklahoma to win the Big 12. Uh, and a lot of that is also because they've got Oklahoma State and Baylor at home. So, and again, I, I always take a show-me-don't-tell-me approach again with Texas. Okay, uh, from the Twitter for Steelman, have you ever been to Rosenblatt Stadium? Well, they're not playing at Rosenblatt Stadium anymore, of course, but I did do a couple games at Rosenblatt Stadium when I did the Oklahoma City 89ers a long, long, long time ago, and I believe they were affiliated with the Royals at the time. But I've, I've never been, I haven't been to the College World Series, have not been to the College World Series, but I did broadcast a couple games at Rosenblatt Stadium, minor league baseball, old American association baseball. Okay, thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Real quick, Parker, tell them where you are again there in Omaha. That's right. Double Zero Pizzeria is the place to be if you're a Sooner fan up in Omaha. Come stop by all week, 204th and Pacific. It is a Sooner-friendly fan zone, so get there. If you're on your way to Omaha, think about Double Zero Pizza there in Omaha and congregate there and uh, meet your fellow Sooner fans. we get a lot more people flocking to Omaha uh, to see if the Sooners can get this done. 1 o'clock tomorrow against either the Aggies or Notre Dame, scoreless in the third inning between A&M and Notre Dame. All right, Locked In's coming up next. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll see you.